Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from his palatial two-bedroom apartment in Chicago is Pete Byrne. Pete, how are you? Greetings, Bill. I'm wonderful. Awesome. We are also joined by Edie. How you doing, Edie? Edie, speak. Nailed it. Awesome. Good job. As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, uh, Pete, uh, you know, as we usually do, what have you been playing lately? Well, you know me, I tend to be more of a mobile gamer since I spend so much time on the train. So I've been playing, what is it called? Pac-Man, hold on, Pac, nope, yeah, Pac-Man Pop. It's basically just like all the other thousands of bubble pop games, like uh, PopCap made Dynamite, or Dynamite was like a dinosaur game with eggs. I mean, there's a billion bubble pop games out there, but you collect fruit, you have to destroy large ghosts, and if a ghost gets too close to you, it steals some of your bubbles for the level, so it's a totally different game. It feels like there are real stakes here. Uh, yeah. And, you know, some of the levels you have to rescue your many dogs, so if you don't, if you don't complete the level, uh, dogs die. That's what oh. I've gathered. <laughs> okay, this might be a little too intense for me. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, not everybody can play it, so I just wanted to let you know what I'm playing. That's I'm not fair. saying it's a family game or I you should what try. You're playing, right? So. Right. Yeah. Now, is this a free-to-play game? Is there like a currency in game? I mean, or something? it's free-to-play, but you can spend a thousand dollars buying extra power-ups and whatever. It feels. It's just like Candy Crush. It's like I see people post pictures every once in a while that they're on like level 943, and I'm just like. How much, how much money have you forked out? Because those levels get impossible at a certain point. Yeah, now, have you played Candy Crush? I have. Now, from what I understand, there are certain, like, b- boards you can't beat unless you have a certain kind of gem or something. I haven't gotten that far. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't think, I, you know, I don't want to play this one level 500 times in a row just so I can beat it. All right. And, you know, if you buy something, it will be a lot easier. I don't think I got to a level where you had to have something to beat it. That's that's what I'd heard, at least, is, like, there's a certain point where that's why people share on Facebook is that they get a bonus of oh, a certain type of item that lets it makes it easier to uh, proceed, or you can buy that item. I believe that. They at least force you to do their advertising for you mm. or for them. Uh, so that's your mobile game of choice right now. Yes, I just started playing Metal Gear Solid Five. I'm very behind on that, I guess, but um, I'm surprised. Usually, I read all about games that I want to play, and then I never play it. And this time, I'm surprised with how much stuff I didn't know was going to happen in the first two hours of the game. It's a bit of a trip that first two hours or so. Yeah, I almost gave up. I was just like. Everybody complains about Kojima's storylines and how they don't make any sense. I've played all the Metal Gear Solid games. But, boy, those first two hours of the game last night, I was very close to being like, this is stupid. This is <laughs> There's no context for anything that's happening. Not only was it the flaming whale, uh, flaming demon monster, baby psychic man, eh, it was just that, like... You would be hiding under hospital beds, and the bad guys that would brutally murder innocent people didn't bother to look under beds. 
or like your legs are sticking out and they didn't see it. It's just like, it was unrealistic for so many reasons and nobody was acknowledging anything that was happening that I just like, it felt like I was, uh, everybody was talking about a TV show that I hadn't seen last night and was just, I don't know. It was so out there that I didn't even feel like I was a welcome part of the game. Huh. Okay, that that's a, a take I I'm, I hadn't heard before. I guess like I was so along for the ride when things got crazy. I was just like I kind of th- those glided right by me. Some of those uh, plot holes. Yeah, well, it's just like the first time a guy fully engulfed in flames explodes a hallway of a hospital, and neither of the main characters say anything to each other about it. It's just like, <laughs> what's going on? What they. They don't even seem concerned with what's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you don't have to explain to me what's happening, but I at least was hoping Snake would be like, what the? He didn't even say what the. <laughs> so I was like, it, I feel like I'm missing something, and I don't think I was. These are not returning characters, other than what I assume is baby psychomantis. I mean, I, I guess this is a continuation of, at, at its most basic, of Metal Gear Solid 3, but then there was also this game, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Oh, yeah, okay. And, and then that that is, like, that's where, first off, a lot of the gameplay mechanics were imported from, and then that's, like, the bridge between Metal Gear Solid 3 and this. Gotcha. That's the one game I didn't play then, was Peace Walker. That was for Vita? That was for PSP. But or PSP. Okay. I think there is an HD version that is available maybe on, like, PS3 or PS4. Gotcha. But, I mean, it... This is supposed to be basically an upgraded version of that game, so you might not need to go back to that. Cypher is somebody from Metal Gear Solid 3, right? Yes. He changed his name, it's Zero, is now Cypher? Uh, yes. And now he's bad? Yes. That's, that's the thing I said to Michael last night, it was like, they just, it just feels like they decide, remember that guy that was good? Now he's bad. Or this bad guy, he's your partner this time. It's just like, why? Just They don't really give any reason for it. They're like, well, it's nine years later, so now he's bad. Well, it certainly uh, goes to show they didn't have any overarching storyline in place. They're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants and yeah. trying to connect stuff where they can. For sure. It also shows how little storyline there was in the existing games. that They can just flop a guy from good to bad. And you're like, eh, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't really seem to have any intentions in the first place. Well, I'll be interested to see, I don't want to hype it up too much just to raise your expectations too high, but I feel like the gameplay in that game was so good. Yeah. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. That that was one of my favorite games I played last year, and obviously Mike, Michael felt the same way. Yeah. I've heard it's great, and I want to like it. It was just the that first part of the game, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can hold on for this one. I don't, I, I, there's so many games that I like where the first, like, tutorial level or prologue part is nearly unbearable like both uh kingdom hearts games i was just like god i hope this is worth it because kingdom hearts 2 man did you ever play that i did i played it was weird i I saw like two different people play the part with roxas but (sighs) i never really saw much after that yeah the roxas stuff was just unbearable and didn't I don't know. Now the, the like lore of Kingdom Hearts has gotten so crazy with all the like Game Boy games and stuff. I don't even I don't even care about the stuff that doesn't involve Disney characters. Yeah. It's like Roxas and the thirteen and stuff. Like I, I just give me a game where I can play in Monsters Inc. Let's hurry it up. <laughs> once once we beat the final like 
Sleeping Beauty level, and it's all just like uh, whatever. I don't even know what it is. There's always crazy stuff once you get past that last like Disney level, and they focus on the real like heartless story. I'm like, I whatever. I don't really care anymore. That was the weird part of all those like half sequels and stuff. It was all about like the agents, right? All the right. like the square side of the story, not really the Disney side. Exactly, and it's just so convoluted that I'm like. I could spend, like, 18 hours on YouTube watching the cutscenes from these games and listening to people explain it to me, or I could just wait for uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 to come out and just play it and grit my teeth through the parts that don't make any sense. Kingdom Hearts 3, Gravity Acapella, coming soon on some platform somewhere, maybe. HD 4K.4, 3 remix, redo, whatever. <laughs> for a game system that... Yeah, for your Etch-A-Sketch, coming soon. We felt like the Etch-A-Sketch was the true way to explore the story of Sora and Mickey. Yeah, I'm sure they did. It also felt like a way to make extra money without developing a new game. That, too. Any other games? Um, Bro Force, I've been playing... All my games, I'm, like, behind. I'm not playing any brand new games, because I am that guy that's okay there are plenty of podcasts where they can listen for that stuff <laughs> yeah you're right there's plenty of relevant podcasts uh, bro oh, come on bro force is what i've been playing which is like have you played it yet i made you play it we didn't we ended oh. up playing rocket league instead because oh. it wasn't downloading okay yeah bro force was being a pain in the butt i've had a couple issues with it but overall it's been great it's just like uh, it feels like contra but That's it's good. got the game mechanics. You know, it feels like 2016 and they figured out how to make sure their games don't break constantly. But you just cycle through classic action heroes. You don't get to pick who you play as. There's like a roster of like 30 characters. And when you die and you use a new life, you just become somebody else. Oh, oh okay. So That's kind of cool. It's pretty great, except for when you land on what's his name? Uh, MacGyver. Because he's terrible. MacGyver? Yeah, he has turkeys filled with bombs. <laughs> that sounds like it could be great. It could be. I think it's probably better when you actually play with four people and there's four people with different skills at the same time. But, like, you'll you'll go through, like, Neo, who can fly through the air and punch people as hard as he can. You'll get uh, Will Smith from Men in Black with a noisy cricket. You'll get Mr. T with a flamethrower. You'll get uh, Ripley from Alien. And then you'll get MacGyver, who, like, can't jump really high and just throws turkeys. So instead of lives, yeah, you, you cycle through these different characters. Yeah, bros. You cycle through your bros. My, my bad, through the bros. Yeah. That Did you ever play the X-Men game for the Genesis? Um, Probably, or at least on the arcade, like an arcade version of X-Men, that's what I've played. Because like the, the first X-Men game for the Genesis, you only had four lives for the whole game, mm-hmm. and it was just Gambit, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and Cyclops. You just yeah. you could pick one, and then like if they died in a level, you could go back and pick one of the remaining three and take them into battle. Yeah, it's similar to that. So like you go through the level, and there will be POWs in cages throughout the level, and if you break it open and rescue them, you get another live, but you immediately change to somebody else. Huh. So, like, oh, huh. you'll start with somebody, and then as soon as you rescue someone, you're somebody else. And then when you die, you're somebody else. Like, anytime you get a life or lose a life, you change to somebody else. Huh. It's pretty cool, but when you get stuck with somebody crappy on, like, a boss fight, then you're you're screwed. Yeah, it sounds like they've got some good ideas there, and they're trying some new stuff, so I appreciate that. 
Did you ever play Super Meat Boy? I did. It's like that level of difficulty. It's soup. It's really, really, okay. really hard, but you're still, you still want to beat it. They, they make it just hard enough that it's challenging and not frustrating. My favorite part of Super Meat Boy was always those cameras at the end that just showed all your lives at once. Oh, it, you know what? I don't know why I haven't investigated this. It's got to be the same company that made this game because they do the same thing. Wow. When you finish a level, it shows just like the chain of corpses and like things that have exploded at the end. That's pretty great. I, I know they did Binding of Isaac was another game they oh, did. I've never heard of that. That's uh, Do you know the name of the company that made Super Meat Boy? No, I don't, actually. Mm. I think it's only like two or three dudes. I, I remember uh, like seeing a little documentary and it was just like two dudes who made Super Meat Boy. Yeah. But uh, Binding of Isaac is, it's a, it's a roguelike where it's like you're just this kid running around in the dungeon and you're trying to survive all the different stuff. But it's all, it's all weird and horror-y. Really? Yeah. That sounds pretty sweet. You're right. Uh, <laughs> it's developed by Team Meat. Ah, but the develop- yeah. uh, designers are Edward, Edmund McMillan and Tommy Refaines. Remember those names. McMillan and Refaines. McMillan and Refaines. Okay. Bro Force. Do, 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 do. Uh, come on, baby. Come on. Nope. Evan Greenwood. Free Lives Games. I'll do more research. But, it, it, I mean, it, it looks, it feels a lot very similar. So, if it's not the same people, they at least borrowed ideas from each other. Mm-hmm. Now, Coke seems like a good idea to take into a lot of different Remember one time we did a podcast and I kept trying to open, like, a can of soup and you guys were like, are you trying to make food? Like, no. Yeah, I remember that this one. It feels very similar. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the Kill Cam idea seems pretty cool. I, I guess there's other games that do that. Like, um, oh, God, what is it? Legacy... God, I can't think of the name of it now. It's like Shadow Legacy or something now. Not where... Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy. I don't it... think they had a kill cam like, like that, though. Did they? Oh. Oh, what the... Now I remember what happened in Super Meat Boy. It shows you dying in all the different spots. Right. It's what happens in Bro Force is like in Rogue Legacy, where at the end of the level it shows you all the people that you've killed just in like a chain. Ah, okay, okay. Both cool, though. I, yeah. yeah, it's... Interesting to see, like, the progress and, like, all the weird stuff yeah. that you <laughs> took down and exploded. The cool thing about Bro Force is you fight terrorists for, like, the first nine levels, and then you realize that they're conducting, like, alien research, and they basically either discover or create the xenomorph from Alien, and the rest of the game is spent fighting aliens instead. <laughs> and then I think even further down the line, I haven't beat it yet, you fight, like, demons and devils. How much is this game? It was, like... 10 or 15 bucks, I think. It was not much. If I'm playing it, it was cheap. Okay. I'll keep my eye out, then. It sounds pretty interesting. If we finish soon enough, we can play it. All right. I'll try again. Okay. We'll give it a try. Uh, uh, so that was all uh, for you at the moment? Yeah, I guess so. Yes. Okay. That's it. Uh, for me, it's a little bit scattershot, because, uh, you know, I, I feel, for the people... I feel an obligation to try some different games here and there. But... Yes, of course. <laughs> but it's also hard to stop playing, like, Overwatch. Oh, yeah. That game has still been pretty good. God, they just put out, what, Game of the Year edition? Or was that something else? They put a Game of the Year edition out for, like, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, that's right. Something for Overwatch, too. They... There's, like, three versions of Overwatch. 
Yes, uh, like they have the regular edition, then they have like Origins edition. It's uh, it's forty dollars for the regular edition on PC, but they try and upsell you to the sixty dollar version, which is just like you get extra costumes and then you get bonuses for other Blizzard games. Oh, okay. Uh, but for the PlayStation Four, uh, it's just the extra costumes. So they're just. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, though. If I end up getting it, I'm gonna get that one, of course. I think that might even be the only one available. Well, there you go. But, uh, yeah, that that's still good. Uh, I, I downloaded Phoenix Wright Spirit of Justice, uh-huh. but I haven't started it yet. Okay. What is the gameplay supposed to be for that? Is that... See, I'm curious about this game, because I've never played one. Is it, like, RPG-ish, or is there, like, platforming to it? I know you're a lawyer, <laughs> but... It's more of a like a visual novel or an adventure style game, like a PC game like Sam and Max or something like that. Uh-huh. And there are two parts to it. There is the investigation part and the trial part. In the investigation, you go around, you talk to witnesses, you talk to the suspect, you click around with the stylus on the screen and pick up stuff, and you get clues and evidence that you keep in like your this folder. And then you go into the trial portion of the game. And someone will come up and they'll give their testimony. And you have to find a contradiction within their testimony. And that's done usually by going into your evidence folder and finding a piece of evidence that directly contradicts what they said in their testimony at a certain point. Okay. This is for what system? This is uh, like the DS, the 3DS. Are they only for Game Boy systems, all the games? No, no. In fact, they released the first three for the Nintendo Wii, okay. which should still be available if you have the Wii or the Wii U. And I think there are some out on iOS, too. Okay, like, interesting. Because I bet Renee would like this game. She she has a game on her phone. It's just, like, different kinds of puzzles, but you're a private eye and you have to, like, find clues and stuff. So I, I think I've seen games Phoenix like that. Phoenix Wright yeah. sounds like a, probably a more polished version of the like detective game she has on her phone right now. I can see that being the case. They do a good job. Like, there will be usually four or five cases in each game, but then they all contribute to a larger over a mystery that's surrounding all the cases together. Interesting. And, like, at the at the beginning, you're like, oh, man, there's something going on in the background we don't know. And at the end, like, somehow everything ties together into some completely incomprehensible, <laughs> perfect solution for everyone involved. That's pretty cool. I want to play it. Give it a try, yeah. I mean, uh, even if you, you could play this new game or the first three are available on the 3DS and then I'm mostly sure on the Wii and iOS as well. Okay. I know she's got a 3DS. We have a Wii somewhere. We haven't. We just moved, so we haven't hooked it up yet. I have to find it. If I can play Phoenix Wright, might have to hook up the Wii. There you go. There you go. All right. And then uh, outside of that, I, I have to admit, I, I really like card games, so... I found out there was a Yu-Gi-Oh card game for PS4. Interesting. And it's it was 20 bucks, so I didn't feel too bad about diving in on that. And it's like it gives you the decks from the anime uh-huh. and then it like has you play out the match that happens in the anime. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, so that was kind of uh neat. Do you have to like walk around and get from match to match or is it like just sort of it presents you with like matches? Just presents you with okay. the matches. So it'll like give you like the lead-up dialogue. It's like, ah, I have the unbeatable deck. And then you're like, no, I have the unbeatable deck. And then you battle and you prove that you, in fact, have the unbeatable deck. That's sweet. 
I enjoyed it. And it does a pretty good job of cleanly explaining like how the game works because yeah. there seems to it seems pretty incomprehensible watching on television, but Yeah, I never Yeah, even when Pokemon was super popular, me and my brother bought cards. We tried to play like twice and then kind of gave up and just played with like the jewels that came with the box set. <laughs> whatever they were supposed to represent. It was like, "Oh, power gems." And we're like, "Whatever." <laughs> Like, there was a... I think they put out a Game Boy game for that uh, Pokemon trading card game, too. Uh, but... So there's, with, like, uh, Pokemon card games and then Pokemon games. Yes. Okay, got yeah. it. And just, like, with that and Magic, I don't think they've done as good a job of implementing that. Like, this Yu-Gi-Oh! game felt pretty clean. Like, I, I felt like if I didn't know what was going on, it would be able to walk me through it Yeah. at the start. Uh, that's always a thing with Magic. I... I played a different Magic game, but I'm going to hold off on that for another episode. Otherwise, I might not have anything to talk about for that episode. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so I guess that's pretty much what I've been playing lately. I tried that okay. a little bit. Uh, I'm going to try Phoenix Wrights uh, pretty soon, and then still playing Overwatch, still playing Picross 3D. Perfect. Uh, so that brings the What We're Playing segment to an end, and now we'll be moving on to Choose Your Fighter. Uh, for this part of the episode, Pete and I will square off with one article, news event, or upcoming game that we've discovered until only one of us is left standing. Sweet. And we're already both sitting, so it's going to be a long match. Oh, God. It'll be a battle of wills. I just thought of something that I saw. that um, Microsoft has like a augmented reality thing that they just revealed. And I, I, can't, I can't remember what it's called this isn't the hololens or is this it is the hololens yeah how long i don't this was the first i saw of it i don't know how long that's been public knowledge that they have the hololens coming out like we talked about it before but i don't i don't think uh when we talked about it it seemed pretty far away yeah that i watched a review on ign of them playing this game where you so you have like the goggles on or whatever and it asks you to like scan the room so it can look at the walls and the whole thing is just like there are the wall will like a hole will break out of the wall and you you, like ships start coming out of the wall and you have to shoot them down and stuff and it looked pretty freaking cool and i can't believe how like negative and angry all the reviews are for the video of like this first like prototype game for but looks boring looks stupid blah 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 and huh. it's just like you haven't even tried it i know what that's what the internet is now but it's just so frustrating it's like this is a thing where you're in your own house and things are in 3d coming at you you're just watching a video of it on youtube maybe just like try it <laughs> see <laughs> see what it feels like to have a thing coming out of your your own wall flying at you and you can shoot it before you're like, it's stupid. That could be a limitation, though, of trying to advertise these platforms. And, like, the same thing yeah. with, like, other VR is that you can't really comprehend it without trying it yourself. Yeah, but that's the same thing with food, man. But I don't, I mean, I don't watch food trailers or anything like I that. I do. <laughs> I follow an Instagram where it's just packages of upcoming snack flavors. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool, all it, right. And I don't know what they taste like, but it looks pretty cool and I try it. But then again, I'm spending like $3 on a new package of Oreos versus like $100 for a pair of goggles. So a trade-off there. 
a little bit, yeah. I, I get it, but, you know, we've talked about before is I hope with this 3D and AR and VR stuff that they find ways to utilize it in, like, a laser tag arena or an arcade or something. I think you have to have... Unfortunately, arcades are dying or pretty much dead. There's going to be few places for you to go and try it other than, like, a video game store. Like, like Chicago is the exception in that we have several yeah. arcades and, and barcades around for sure if if you can get that stuff oh my god in, in a barcade <laughs> put ar in a barcade might sell some units that would be pretty cool <laughs> you have yeah. a couple beers and you have to fight off like demons that actually in the bar with you uh, you have to dip the headset in purell before you put it on yeah oh yeah <laughs> no kidding <laughs> But anyway, I don't know. That just set me off. It's like, I hate, I just hate how negative everybody is on the internet. But that's far beyond video games. I think I have that problem personally. I, I definitely want to crap on stuff too often. And I think it comes from a place where it's like, I know a thing about a thing. And I want to explain how much I know. And you can do that by being negative about the thing that exists. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I, I try and resist that, but it's not, it's not easy. <laughs> I mean, I'm a pretty negative person. <laughs> but with, with something that's like brand new technology, I at least want to try it. I mean, I also, I had the iToy for PS2, I think. Yeah. You remember that? It was like a camera you could buy and it did like motion sensing games. I don't remember that. I, I very vaguely, if at all, remember that. I don't know why my parents decided to buy it for us, because it was a very, like... It was one of those things where my mom was like, oh, are you going to be able to use it for a bunch of games? No. Or can you use it like when it's dark in the room? No. There's just like so many limitations for it, but we ended up getting it anyway. And it blew my mind, and my whole family was like crazy about it, because you could just stand in the living room... And watch yourself hit guys and do karate moves and knock them out of the air. So I had such a good time with that very first like camera game, and then there's Connect, and there's all this stuff now that exists. That I it it still exists. There's still cameras. Like you could get the PlayStation camera now and, and stuff. But I just I just want it to succeed, and I don't think I'm not optimistic that it's ever gonna be take off there's just so many limitations like you said for it that i think it's always just going to kind of be like an option for stuff i mean i i wish that there was a room for it it just it feels like yeah you need to find a way to to market it and to make it more palatable more available to a lot of people i mean one of the grim realities here is that i mean i could not have a vr or a hololens in my apartment it would not right. fit. It would not be yeah. able to use the appropriate dimensions. Right. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's like people are always going to want to just sit on their couch and play games. I mean, it's relaxing to play a game for you to sit down and play a game. So, you know, it's just like Guitar Hero or Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah, there's a time and a place to play it, but I don't think it's ever going to be like you either buy a PS4 or a VR system. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Hmm. We've at least seen the the delivery of games change. Like you might still sit on your couch, but now a lot of kids like will use an iPad or an iPhone instead of sure like a controller. So maybe yeah. gradually we'll move in that direction or in a whole new direction. We'll see. Maybe 
I don't know, man. <laughs> I just, I think it's really cool. And so I, I get discouraged when I see how much people hate it. They, they're against it existing. I'm like, I'm not against it existing. Maybe say like, oh boy, I, I don't know. We can stop talking about how negative people are on the internet because that'll never change. That could be a whole series of episodes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll, I'll talk a little bit about then about being negative about something entirely different. Cool. This week, the uh, Sony, they they debuted two new PlayStation models. Okay. Now, they, people were already generally aware of what they were, but this was the official debut. There is the PS4 Slim, which is the same PS4 we both already own, but a little tinier, I would say. Okay. And then the PS4, oh, they called it the PS4 Pro. It's not the Neo. It, it was previewed as the Neo. It's the PS4 Pro now. Okay. And I really... I'm struggling to understand the purpose of what the PS4 Pro is. Uh, the, if I am understanding right, it's meant to help games be broadcast or shown better with a 4K television. And that is mostly it. <laughs> okay. I, I've heard that the Neo, or now I suppose the Pro, has been coming out for a long time, and I never understood what the point... I didn't do any research, but I just, like... seems like it was bigger storage, better processing power, but not enough to be a different system, but it doesn't even really seem like it's that much. Right. I, I don't believe... They wanted to make it so that you wouldn't... There wouldn't be, like, a divide. You couldn't play some games on the old PS4s that you could on the new ones or vice versa. Uh-huh. So they they took a very, like, not even a half step, a quarter step forward in terms of tech, it seems like, and made this thing that I'm not sure what the application is. It's like, the idea, I think, is you're supposed to buy a Sony 4K TV to go with your Sony device that can play games in 4K. Okay. And I guess then they do look nicer, but the, the funny thing is they were trying to do this video presentation. And so if you're there live watching the presentation in New York City, it probably looked nice. Yeah. But you, when they broadcast it out, it's going out at 720p right. on the stream. Exactly. Man, at a certain point, and I think we may have reached it, the side-by-side comparisons, I think I told you I watched the like PS3 versus PS4 Arkham comparison, and I'm watching it on like... Uh, a video player on IGN, I'm just like, it, it doesn't look better. It looks, I mean, everything had a little bit more texture to it, but I just remember the first time we saw, like, footage of PS2 games when we had a PS1, we were like, holy crap, that's crazy. PS2, PS3, still pretty pretty good, but now at this point, it's just like, uh, well, I'm, I'm not going to buy, you have to have a better TV for the differences to even matter at this point. And I think the the problem, too, is that in terms of making games more advanced, you can do that, just not making the games prettier. It's like, uh, you know, you play PS1 games, and then for me, a huge uh, moment was playing Grand Theft Auto 3. Oh, yeah. And going around the city and driving around, and, yeah, getting wrecked by cop cars and stuff, and how much was happening all around you. Yeah. And then you go to, like, the 360, and, uh, and you know, Dead Rising comes out, and you're in the mall, and the mall is filled with zombies. There's zombies everywhere. There's yeah. hundreds of zombies on the screen. And then if you want to do something, like, to make the game deeper and more complex and more a living, uh, living world, it probably drives up the development cost a lot. Sure. 
and like there's probably a certain limit on how expensive you can make a video game before it's not profitable. I mean, some of these games already cost like a hundred million dollars to put out, like the new Halos and stuff. Yeah. So I just wonder if they can't they can't improve the games in the way they would on a, in a regular way. So they have to take this like kind of other track. Like, yeah. They, well, what, what do you mean exactly? Like, what is the other track? Like slightly refining the the overall uh, uh, the, the paint. You're not. You're not working on the engine of the game, you're working on the paint job. Yeah. And you can make a little bit of an advance there, but what would really be cool is if you could use, like, the extra processor for the PS4 Pro to double the amount of characters you could have on screen without the frame rate dropping. Yeah. But that requires, then, you have to make double the characters in the game and have the AI work in that way and make right. the environment big enough to accommodate them and all all these other uh, cards have to fall and there's probably money involved at all those steps. Yeah. Well, I, I've thought about that, too, is, like, the more powerful and impressive these systems are, the expectations for games is just, like, so crazy, incredible. Like, you have to... It's got to be harder for indie game makers to make a game because they can't charge 60 bucks unless it's a phenomenal, incredible, crazy game. I mean, I guess that's why there's so many downloadable $15, $20 games, but... I mean, you've been following the stuff with No Man's Sky, right? Uh, sort of. I know they're like offering refunds because people. I I don't know the full story on it. I know that people don't like it because it's not. It doesn't feel like a full like cohesive game. It's kind of more like a sandbox experiment. Is we, that why the people are asking for refunds? Yeah, we talked about it a little bit in last week's episode. But to recap, they had this idea for a game where you could visit a ton of different planets. And see a bunch of different stuff, but it gets pretty samey after a while. Yeah, it's just like they couldn't. You can go to the different planets, but the things you can do there are limited. And based on what you would expect from this developer, the games they made before were the Joe Danger games. Joe, is that that just like that really simple motorcycle guy game? Exactly. Yes. Okay. So this was like fifteen people making this game, and they just don't have the horses to make something so incredibly complex. They don't have enough people to make a storyline and, like, character voices and stuff. Exactly. And then as part of the development and the hype of the game got increased, like, Sony stepped in and really started hyping the game, too, and that's when it became a $60 full retail release rather than, like, a, wow. a 20 to $30 downloadable title. That's crazy. They well, got screwed. They got screwed. I mean, Sony it feels screwed because they can't find enough big quality triple a games to put on their platform yeah and hello games the developer got screwed too because they had this great idea and the hype totally ran away from them now and like they're now there's literally reddit articles or reddit posts that are like saying how each thing that they said about the game in the development didn't come true and stuff like that yikes yeah i did not know <laughs> The people that made Joe Danger made No Man's Sky. I mean, how? Yeah, how? How could you, based on like the level of buzz going with like Joe Danger, which was, as for, from what I understand, was a fine game. It was fine. I mean, it, was, it was like an iPhone game. Yeah. I mean, it was basic. That's crazy, man. That really stinks because I'm smart enough to realize, like, oh, th this game, not really so much a game. It's sort of like a. Uh, look at what we can do with this thing, which is totally fine. I didn't buy it because it was $60, and it sounds like 
You know, it shouldn't have been. It was just like, oh, this looks really cool. There's some cool stuff about it. We, I bet we could get people to eat it up. And they did. And then they realized oh, there's not much to this. That's crazy, man. I guess that's exactly what I was expecting to happen. When, when, when it's easy for people to create and there are these incredible systems that can make these visually astounding things... But when you have such a small group, you can't. You just can't fill in all the gaps that people want from these games because mm-hmm. it's possible. And that doesn't even have to apply to like video games. That could be tons of different forms of media and art where like you have these ideas and you need a ton of people to make them happen, and it's not always easy. Yeah. Even if you get the money to make it happen, having like the time and the people to do it is hard. Uh, yeah, I mean, I see like um, like fan films on YouTube all the time of like check out this great Batman fan film that, like, eight people made, and it just gets gutted by internet people. Because, I mean, it's not... They don't have a million dollars to make this movie. They did the best they could freaking do with what they had. And I just hate to put myself in their shoes and spend, like, two months making this incredible thing that you're so proud of, and then there's thousands and thousands of people that are like, it sucks, it's awful, who is that? Who's doing that acting, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's just, you just gotta hope, like, when you do stuff, I mean, when you do WTMI, when you do the two-man hammer stuff, that people are like, well, these are people who are doing this in their free time as yeah. a hobby, and they're, you know, they're giving it their all, and it's nice to see what they're accomplishing. Yeah. I wish there were more people like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll make... How about we do an exchange program? I'll direct people to watch the videos, and you direct people to watch the videos to listen to the podcast. I will. I know, it's funny because there's a lot of Facebook groups that do that. Like I know there's a podcast group on Facebook where everybody just kind of goes to each other's pages and says, like, I really enjoyed this. It seems like, you know, it just yeah, yeah. writes like positive critiques of like, hey, if you want to have some fun with some casual folks that like, I know somebody did a review of Bad at Movies and we were like, oh my God, I can't believe how nice that person is. And there was somebody in the <laughs> podcast group. And like, well, <laughs> at least that's the only review on the page now is a positive one. It's a start. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so I guess then uh, that brings another episode of So Many Bits to a Close. Uh, Pete, if you want to be found on social media or in person, where would you want people to find you? Just leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> uh, as for us, then, uh, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Well, we're hoping to do a few more Facebook streams of Overwatch if I get, if I get the time. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes iTunes? iTunes, I know. Wow, careful out there, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Please rate and review, or listen to us on SoundCloud. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other podcasts. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you. I couldn't think of anything. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs)